Uh, today we celebrate the two greatest servants on earth. Jesus Christ, obviously, every day we celebrate him, right? And then, of course, your mother. Hopefully everyone in here knows that today is Mother's Day. If not, you better get your button gear and go and get something as soon as church is over. You're going to be in a lot of trouble, okay? Today is Mother's Day, if you hadn't figured that out. I literally had somebody text me this morning, like, can you meet me at the jewelry store? No, dude, I got to go preach. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do that. Seriously. Uh, some of you guys have said, <laughs> well, Micah, I'm broke. And I can't buy mama anything. So, so here's what I got, guys. I've got a list of the top seven things. What I did is I actually took a poll with a lot of our, our Christian warrior mothers and said, hey, what is it that you guys want that don't cost anything? Okay, that doesn't cost a dime. So I've got a list for you guys. We'll start with number one, clean the house. Doesn't cost anything, right? Yeah, y'all can clap to that. Go ahead. You dang right. Moms. Number two, put up your dirty clothes. Number three, <laughs> to not have to quote Chris Tucker over and over to my children, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, number four, for the men to serve in the children's ministry so we can enjoy a Sunday service. I can clap to that because I'm the preacher. Like, I still got to be up here, right? Next year, we're going to make that happen, ladies. I promise. We're gonna make, I think that's a really great idea. We're going to make that happen next year. Next, for no children to speak to me between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. How many have I got left, Nick? Two more? All right, go ahead and go to the next one. Do not complain about what I cook. Just eat it. And then the last one, I love this. I love this. To go to the bathroom without an audience. Like, seriously, it's crazy. Amanda was telling me, she was like, literally, well, we were talking about this, and, and she said, literally, I, I told her somebody else had mentioned it, and she was like, seriously, I just went to the bathroom five minutes ago, I wasn't in there 30 seconds, and all three children were screaming at me from the door, like, in 30 seconds, it's crazy. All right, guys, here's what we're going to do, we're going to go straight to the Word. I want to get to Proverbs chapter 31. A lot of y'all know Proverbs chapter 31. You talk about a Proverbs 31 woman. A lot of people talk about that. We're going to go to 31. I want to go to verse 25 through 31. This is the last seven verses in Proverbs. And I tell you what I thought uh, this was really cool. You know, Solomon wrote Proverbs. And Solomon, at his time, was the most knowledgeable and, and filled with wisdom, like the smartest man at that point in time in the Bible. And obviously he was because he saved the best for last. Verse 25 through 31. Get some amens if you get there. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtues and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I praise you for the day. Thank you so much for what this day stands for. God, I just ask that 
every mother that's in this room and throughout, throughout our community. God, I just, I claim blessings over them today. God, I ask that you give them a peaceful and joyful day. Give them rest. That's what's most important. God, these mothers work so hard. I can't, I can't imagine the work that they have to put in. Not only the work, God, but just what comes along with children. And, and, and I know this was not an intention, but the, the stress and the, the worry of making sure that the children are taken care of. God, I just I praise you for giving them the strength to be able to do that. God, I just ask that not only does every woman and every mother that walks through this community in the next day just has that peace and joy, but God, I just I ask that they know that you are in control. No matter what situation they're going through, no matter what their children may be going through, they need to know and understand that you still sit on the throne. You are in control. And you've got their back. God, in this moment, You've given me a message about our mothers. And God, I just ask that you, in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. That you take all selfishness, pride, anger. God, anything that's going to block me from giving your word today, Father, I ask that you take that away and you replace it with nothing but your love, your breath, and your peace. We claim these things in your name. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us to forgive. Amen. All right. All right. We all have a mother. Whether you like it or not, she's there. And guess what? You don't exist without her. She has raised you, clothed you, fed you, taught you. And if she is anything like my mother, she's whooped you a few times too. I'll never forget, man, one time I, 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 I said something I didn't need to say. My mom was washing dishes. And, and y'all remember, you don't see them anymore much, but y'all remember those old yellow rubber gloves? You know what I'm talking about? So, so I'm over there, and I'm, I'm standing behind my mom, and, and I'm a teenager at the time, and, you know, I got a little cocky and so forth. And uh, anyway, I said something I, I didn't need to say. I, I, I said a, a curse word, just one. That's the only time I ever said one. And um, she yanked one of them rubber gloves off, went to beating on me, man. That's, that's the whooping that I'll never forget, you know. And what was funny was she was laughing when she was doing it. I was like, this ain't funny, you know. But, and if y'all know my mom, she's the sweetest thing in the world, but I had crossed the line. That was one thing I learned, don't cuss in front of mama, like ever, you know, ever. In the Bible, there's a lot of mothers, some good and some not so good. Uh, but what does a godly mother look like? That's the thing that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about a godly mother. And a godly mother is not perfect, because no mother's going to be perfect, right? But a godly mother strives for that perfection. Biblically, she always strives for that perfection. The characteristics of a godly mother, there's so many things that you could throw into this. There's a lot of characteristics. I, myself, went with seven. Uh, guys, a lot of y'all, we, we preached on getting to seven a couple weeks ago, and uh, that number is... It's, it's strong in the Bible. It's completion in the Bible. So that's why I stopped at seven. So these are the top seven that I feel we need to discuss. The first one that makes a woman a godly mother is she prays and reads the Word of God. By doing this, she believes that she is putting not only God in control of her family, 
but she's also studying and learning how to let God take control of her family, and then she's passing that on to her children. By doing that, that's what a mother does. She believes in the Word of God and that the instruction of the Bible will make her a better wife and a better mother. It will affect her walk in life, the way she talks, the way she dresses, and the way she teaches her children. In other words, her actions are a reflection of her prayer life and her study time. You think about moms and how many times you think about, like, I'm praying for their kids, right? Like, I don't want to know where I would be right now if it wasn't for the prayers of my mother. I don't want to know. Don't know and don't want to know. Me and Bo, Bojo talks about that a lot. He'll, he'll say, you know, because of the prayers of his mom, he's sitting where he is today. I believe the same thing. You know, there were a lot of things in my life that I may not have, have been the, you know, the best person in the world and so forth. I might have done some stupid things. And because of my mother praying and claiming protection over me daily, I have no doubt that's how I'm standing here in front of y'all today. The power of a mother's prayer is so strong. Because the thing is, is God knows you have that connection with your children. He's the one that created that connection. So when a mother prays for her child, and the safety of her child, and the well-being of her child, I assure you, is stout. We need to always make sure, mothers, that you continue daily to pray for your children. Number two, a godly woman is, a gener is generous towards others. A generous mother always has something to give. I had a dear friend of mine, uh, two of them actually, Mark and Clay Gilbert, and uh, their mother, Miss Joy Gilbert. I used to love to go to the Gilbert's house. And a big reason why I loved to go to the Gilbert's house was is she, she liked to cook. Okay? She liked to bake is what she liked to do. So every time we would go over there, she always had a cake, sometimes two. Okay? And, and that's where I fell in love with strawberry cake. Like That's the whole reason I love strawberry cake. But Miss Joy, every time we'd walk in that house, you could guarantee there's going to be two cakes that just came out of the oven every time and she would feed us constantly and it was a bunch of junk food it was really nice right but the thing is guys she was so generous in that she always made sure that when other kids would come over that she would be generous not only with her time of baking those cakes but of course just generous in period I mean I remember one time we were over there I didn't have a swimsuit and we were going to do like slip and slide and stuff like that. They didn't have a swimming pool. We we're just going to do like slip and slide and those types of things. And <laughs> I didn't live too far from there. But I told her, I was like, I can just do this in my shorts. You know, it's not a big deal. Well, his dad, Mark and Clay's dad was there. They stayed with us. And she left for a little while. When she came back, she had my swimsuit. It's just little things like that, right? Like, who's going to do that? I'm going to be honest with you. Some kid comes to my house and I got a swimsuit. I'll just be like, you, you'll be fine. Just put your drawers on and get out there and slip and slide. Like, it'll be fine. But not Miss Gilbert. She was a very generous woman, and we need to be that. As mothers, that's, that's so important that we show that to our children because the thing is, guys, if you show that generosity to your children, they're going to show it from there forward. It's a great way to start. A godly mother is, also, or excuse me, is always generous with giving words of encouragement. All godly mothers are generous of their time. Now, this one's really cool because it's straight up the truth. Men, you know if you have a godly woman when you want to plan a date and take her out to eat or take a trip on a weekend or something like that and she says, I can't. Kids got way too much going on. 
That's a godly woman. She has put herself aside. What she wants doesn't matter. What's important to her is to make sure that the kids get what they want and what they need. And, you know, I can't, I can honestly tell you that, like, for, I know many times I've told Amanda, I'm like, hey, let's go out to eat Friday night. Well, I can't. You know, Annabelle's got this, or let's go do it. Well, Sadie's got this on Saturday and so forth. Like, we're seriously trying to plan a weekend that me and her can get away. It's impossible. I mean, it's impossible. You know, the thing is, though, is I love that. And I love that she is that devoted to the kids. As, as a husband, I'm very proud of that. Very proud of that. And I'll tell you, I can't remember, and Hannah, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember hardly a time that our mom had any free time. I mean, it was always something that me, Hannah, or Holly was doing. I literally can sit here, and I can't think of many times that my mom had free time. She was always doing something. Godly women. I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by that in my life. Next, a godly mother is obedient to God. She obeys God because she knows it is profitable. She knows it is not only profitable to her and her personal relationship with God, but it is also profitable to her children and her husband. When a mother is obedient to God, she is setting a great example that flows over to everyone in the household. If y'all remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about atmospheres, okay? That obedience that a mother has, and it comes into the home, the mother is in such control of the atmosphere of that home. I know the man, we preached on this a while back, the man is the spiritual leader of the household and so forth. That's how God set it up biblically. But the thing is, is the majority of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, the man is working and so forth, and the mom is at home a lot more than the man is at home, right? It is the mother's job to set the tone of the atmosphere of that home. So my question to you mothers today is a lot similar that I talked about a couple weeks ago when I talked about the atmosphere of your heart. My question to you mothers is, is what is the atmosphere of your home right now? Let's just say your pastor decided to walk in your home after church. I, I would come, like, I'd ask, okay, I'm not just going to say I'd show up. And I walk into your house, what is the atmosphere that your pastor's going to feel? Is it going to be an atmosphere of love and joy and peace and harmony? Or is it going to be an atmosphere of stress and anxiety and depression? Mothers, y'all set the tone there. You need to know that. Again, I know it's man's the spiritual leader of the household, but the thing is, is when that husband comes home, he can sense that atmosphere too. And then it's our jobs as husbands and fathers. If that atmosphere isn't great, we need to step up and help mom get that atmosphere great, right? Amen, moms? Amen. Next, a godly mother is forgiving and patient. Whew. Forgiveness is absolutely essential in a godly mother's Christian walk. If you're living in unforgiveness, you are living in that atmosphere of stress and tension in your home, guys. There are always situations that come up in the home that cause tension, obviously, especially if you live with teenagers. But if the Spirit's forgiveness is instilled into your home, it will always break that tension. Moms, I know patience is hard 
That's why God made y'all moms and not us. Us men don't seem to have the patience that it takes to be a mother. I'll be the first to admit that. I have no problem saying that. It's made me think a lot because I think about the patience that my mother had, that my wife has with our children, and that my mom had with us. And I think about how many times have you moms had to ask the kids to do something over and over again. It's kind of like Chris Tucker, right? Like, do you understand words are coming out of my mouth? But, but then the thing is, is I, this is where it really hit me was, it's not so much what y'all are telling the kids to do all the time, but what about us husbands? I don't mind saying there's been many times that Amanda's had to ask me to do something more than once, more than twice, maybe more than three times. A mother's patience is so strong because the thing is, is it's not just the patience with the kids. Then you've got to deal with your other child, which is us husbands most of the time. And when y'all show that patience to us, those kids see it, man. That's big. I'm trying to, like, make sure y'all understand. Y'all don't, like, get mad at us, okay? Like, our kids are watching that. I'm going to tell Amanda that from now on. Like, when she starts getting up, I'm going to be like, man, our kids are watching. She's going to be like, but I told you to do it five times. I'll be like, hey, listen, patience. Seven is completion. I'm not going to tell her that. She wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, right? And I'm going to tell you all oh, man, I said this. Okay, I, I actually said this not too long ago, but I'm going to say it again because some of y'all weren't here. If you've heard it before, I really don't care. Just listen to it again. The one thing that drives me insane in my house, insane, is mom. The word mom. Like, think about it. How many times, husbands, do you hear mom, mom? My man, listen, Caroline will be upstairs. Amanda will be down in the family room, and she's screaming, Mom, Mom. And I'm like, she's not up there. And you would think that that would give her the idea of, well, I'll come downstairs and I'll look for it. No, she just screams louder. <laughs> but it's always, right? Like, how many times do you hear that? And here's the thing, guys. I've never heard my kids, not one time, hardly ever, it's very, very seldom, say, Dad. Like, Dad. Dad, I never hear that. And, and it'll be something I can do, you know? Like, they don't trust me. I don't get it. Why, why, why our kids trust our moms, you know, the moms more than the dad? I, I can't figure it out. I mean, I am capable of, of doing something. So, so, so here's the thing. Not too long ago, C Caroline was hollering and screaming, and, and mom, 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 mom. So, so I was like, all right, I'm going to test this. Like, I'm going to see what it is she wants. I'm going to handle this, right? So I, I get her, and I'm like, Caroline, what is it, baby? What do you need? I need somebody to fix my hair. I said, Amanda. Next, a godly mother has a servant's heart. Jesus was the greatest servant to ever walk the earth. We can all agree on that. He set the bar for what we should all strive for. When you have a servant's heart, you're like Jesus. You are living for others instead of yourself. A person with a servant's heart never asks, what is in this for me? What am I going to get out of this? No, a person with a servant's heart Always ask, what can I do for you? To me, that is the definition of a mother. It's our jobs as fathers and husbands to be able to know and sense when our wives need some time. 
that's the thing, men. Like, that's, that's something that we always miss. We don't pay attention to that. We go to work. Uh, I'm preaching to myself here. We go to work, work hard all day, or we work all day, if you're me. But the thing is, is, is you might have a stressful day at work, some stressful customers. It's very seldom I have that. I have some amazing customers. But then I might have some counseling sessions in there for, for church work. Might have something going on at the church and so forth. And it's a long day, right? Like, I'm stressed. I'm tired. And I get home late. And I walk in the door. And I can tell Amanda's done had it. And let me tell you, I was very seldom. But the look on her face, let me tell you all, it's, it's frightening. And I know she's had it. It's so hard for us men to step in in that moment and be like, baby, I got this. Because we're tired, right? Us men are selfish. I'll just be honest with you. We're very selfish. Like, we, we don't, you know, I've been working all day, baby. Like, I ain't, I ain't got time for that. Like, why are the dishes not washed? You know, why is this not done? Why is this not done? Guys, don't ever do that. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be sleeping in the doghouse. Then you're going to have to come see me at the jewelry store to get you out of the doghouse. It ends up costing a lot of money. So my suggestion is, is when you walk in the door and you see that, you should do exactly what this is telling you. Baby, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? The, 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 the bad thing about Amanda is most of the time she won't let me do it because I'll mess it up anyway, and then it's just more for her to clean up. But anyway, I try at least. At least I try. Next, a godly mother is an encourager. I believe this is one of the most important characteristics of a godly mother. In Romans chapter 12, it talks about this. It talks about exhortation, which is encouragement. That encouraging word from a mother is so important to her children that, yes, I can. I know you can do this. Don't quit. Don't give up. You have this. Go for it. Sometimes it may come across as a lie. Okay? That's okay. It's not a lie when a mom says it, right? Like, it's not a lie. Like, I can remember, like, with me... <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, not the, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I struggled through school quite a bit. And, and it was really bad because, like, me and Hannah, you know, Hannah's a lot smarter than I am. But then we have this other sister, Holly, who's, who's like, straight-A, perfect student. It's very annoying, you know what I mean? Like, it's really annoying. And, and you know, Holly would come home with a report card, and, and it'd be straight A's. And, and then Hannah would come in, and, and she'd have all A's, maybe a B, maybe a B. You know, maybe. And, and, and then there's Micahs. And, like, the alphabet don't go that far, okay? So, <laughs> but the thing is, is my mom would look at me, and she was so proud of Holly, and she was so proud of Hannah. And then she'd always look at me, and she'd say, you know, baby, it's okay. I know you tried your best. You are smart in different ways. <laughs> she was right. Definitely wasn't education. But that's what moms do, right? It's that little encouraging word every once in a while that'll always make you, it lifts you up. You know what I'm saying? It lifts you up. I, I remember when my mom, uh, my mom's a teacher. A lot of y'all know, she's back in the back right now with a three to five-year-olds. Uh, but she was a teacher, uh, taught for 30 years, and she's a retired teacher. Again, that's why I have a lot of respect for you teachers, okay? Like, I've, I've lived it. I, I, I had that. I, I know what you have to deal with on a daily basis. And I want y'all to know and understand I really do pray for you, for you teachers a lot, a lot. So my mom, being a teacher, I remember I went to her, I told her, I said, Mom, this was, I graduated high school, 
you know, and, and uh, in, in Atlanta, graduating high school, you know, like I was in the top 100 of my class, but there was only like 110, right? So, <laughs> so I wasn't really college-driven, and I remember I was like, I don't want to go to college. Like this, I was sitting in a calculus class. I'll never forget this. And I was working a formula on the calculator, and I looked down at it, and I'm like, I'll never use this again for the rest of my life. Like, why am I doing this? And I literally got up and walked out of the class. And I realized that college was not for me, okay? All of you children, my daughter's sitting here right now, that doesn't mean you, you go to college, okay? All you kids go to college. But for me, okay, I'm like the only one, just wasn't for me, right? So I remember going to my mom. I said, Mom, I hate school. Can't do it. I'm not a good studier. I'm not a good test taker. This, this. Had a lot of excuses. But I did know this. I had a plan. It wasn't like I was just going to quit school and sit at the house all day. I wasn't going to do that. I had a plan. I knew what I wanted to do in life. So I knew my mom well enough to know she was going to be against this. So I literally typed out a business plan for the next five years of my life. And what was crazy, when I took it to her, I knew what she was doing. She started reading it. She started underlining words. She was underlining the words I misspelled. <laughs> she was an English teacher, okay? She was putting commas and stuff. And I'm like, whatever. You know, but the thing is, it took that to get my mom to understand that I'll be all right. And even though I know she didn't agree with it, the encouragement that I got from her out of this world, I was really expecting her to tell me no. And she looked me right in the face, and she said, I know you can do it. She said, I know that you'll push hard enough, and you'll do it. I get choked up because it was that type of encouragement that made me realize that I don't have to be the smartest person in the world to be successful. That's from my mom. I praise her every day for it. God dang it, I wasn't going to choke up on my mom. Like, that's terrible. Little mama's boy up here. Y'all say that, I'm going to kick you out and get security to get you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every mother needs to be that encourager, right? Okay, so something else that I love about moms is they'll encourage you and they'll support you even in things, again, like they don't agree with and so forth. My mom came to uh, all my golf tournaments. You know, I grew up playing golf so forth. But I remember this one golf tournament. It was our district golf tournament. And she followed me every single hole. Every single hole she followed me. She didn't know what I was doing. She didn't know what a, what a driver was or a putter was. She had no clue. She didn't know what any of that was. But she was going to watch every shot. And even when I hit a bad shot, she'd be like. <laughs> but the cool part was, is I tied with two other guys for first place. And we went into a sudden death playoff. And I won it on the first hole. And uh, when I won it on the first hole, the first person to the green to give me a hug was my mom. Wasn't my dad. I don't even know what he was doing. It was my mom, right? Mothers, I love the love that you have for us children. You know, I mean, even when you don't even know what's going on, you still are there for that support. Fathers, we can learn a lot from that. Next, a godly mother, and this is the most important one, loves unconditionally. That word unconditional, that puts love at a whole nother level. You have love and you have unconditional love. <laughs> Y'all ever heard the saying, that guy's got a face that only a mother could love? That's unconditional love. 
Y'all notice I said a guy. I didn't say a lady because all y'all are very pretty, okay? But, like, I'm looking at Robin Trawick with his bald head, and I'm just like, man. <laughs> Only a mother could, could love that. Only a mother. That's right. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to love people. And the thing that I loved about my mother is she taught us how to love people, even when you didn't like them, right? Like, my, my dad was, was, was kind of hard to get along with sometimes. and He, he made some mistakes, and... Man, I remember watching my mom. I mean, she'd just be so mad. But the thing is, is she didn't really show it to us. It was very seldom that I ever saw my mom get upset with my father. And what she was doing in those moments is she was teaching us. You may not like them, but you got to love them. And um, that's exceptional, and it's a big deal for, obviously, families, right? I mean, because I, I know good and well, there's a lot of times Amanda don't like me at all. You know, she didn't like me this morning, but she loved me, you know. <laughs> A small act of unconditional love that I've always received from my mother is we have never left each other's presence without a hug and I love you, ever. Not one time. No matter what the situation was, I remember one time we got in a big argument. Crap. When my mother and father got a divorce after 37 years of marriage, I went to my mom I was not happy. And I, I thought, you know, all the way there, I said, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind, tell her what I think. Now I'm, I'm the man of the house. She ain't going to like that I'm the man of the house now. And I did. I went. And, I, and I, I did. I said a lot of things to this day that I regret. And my mom took it. And when it was over, she would not let me leave without a hug and an I love you. That is the power of unconditional love. Someone once said, when God wants to do great work, he gets a hold of a man. But when he wants to do exceptionally great work, he gets a hold of a woman. I like that quote, and here's the thing. I heard that quote, so I started studying the Bible, and there's plenty of precedent of that in the Bible. Israel's deliverance from Egypt began with a woman named Jochebed because she had the faith to put baby Moses in that basket and push it down the river. That's the faith of a mother. The story in the family line of King David began with a woman named Ruth, who, by the way, was a prostitute. So moms, the reason I bring that up, no matter the mistakes you've made in life, you can still create a great family legacy. Doesn't matter who you are. If Ruth can build a legacy through King David as a prostitute, think about what you can do. There's no mistake that's too large to stop you from being able to do that. Our salvation begins in the Gospels with the Virgin named Mary. These are strong, godly women, right? These are women of strong faith. If not for those women, Moses doesn't exist. King David's line doesn't exist. And then obviously Jesus does not exist. I'm not saying God couldn't do that through someone else, guys. But it wouldn't have been King David. And it wouldn't have been 
Moses. Y'all feel me? Y'all understand this? It was the strength and the faith of a woman that started that. That salvation because of Mary, that's something extremely amazing to celebrate. I know for some of you ladies, Mother's Day may not be the most enjoyable day. This brings me to a common situation in our country today. And that's infertility. That affects more women than you might be aware of. It is estimated that one out of every eight couples in our country cannot have children. 12% of our population is infertile. These women have gone to doctors, they have had prayer, they've been anointed with oil, and still no child. Ladies, I have no answer for those of you that may be struggling with this, but I do know one thing. Your value to God is not based on your ability to reproduce. I'm going to say that again. Your value to God is not based on your ability to reproduce. God loves you because you are his image and you are, the great, and you are of great value to him whether you can reproduce or not. And I have biblical proof to back this up, I, I love studying on this. There are many women of great faith in the Bible that were infertile. I'm going to give you a short list. Sarah, Abraham's wife. Rebecca, Isaac's wife. Rachel, Jacob's wife. Ruth, Boaz's wife. Elizabeth, who was John the Baptist's mother. I want you to notice something about these childless women. These are some of the most righteous women in this book. Most of you have heard those names. There's a lot of women in this Bible that you've never heard of before, but I promise you, you've heard those names. It didn't matter if they could reproduce or not, God was going to use them. And I'll tell you something else. Old Jewish law and, and all that rules and all that kind of anyway they had a thing where that if you couldn't bear a child that you were cursed i say i don't believe that i believe if you can't bear a child then you're kept that's what i believe i believe you're kept for another blessing god may be still preparing you to have a child i need you to understand just because the doctors say you can't have a child doesn't mean you can't have a child Don brings this up all the time, but Sarah, Abraham's wife, was over 90 years old. Second, he may be preparing you to be foster parents or to adopt a child. I need you all to understand this. There are more children needing parents out there than parents needing children. We've got a lot of kids out there that are being abused, that are being put in homes where the parents, they don't care, they're collecting a check. I don't mind saying that. I've seen it. It's very frustrating. So if you are in that situation, you need to understand. God has a purpose for those children, and you may be a big part of that. Number three, he may want you available for a very specific work 
that having children might make it difficult to accomplish at that time in your life. The person that we worship the most at this church, the number one person that we worship is Jesus Christ. He didn't have a child. Just because you can't physically have a child. Don't think that stops you from God excelling you in your life to a whole nother level. The other reason you may have a tough time with Mother's Day is because you may not have one. Maybe she's passed away or maybe you really never had a mother in your life. Maybe your mother left. But I guarantee you that there's been someone cross your path. It could be a grandparent, it could be a grandmother, or it could be a mother figure, Mama Denise. There's a lot of women in my life that I can look back on and I can say, man, if, if I didn't listen to them at that point in time, I'm not where I am today. A lot of teachers. I'll never forget one teacher. I don't know how in the world she put up with me, but she did. And she always encouraged me. I had this one teacher. I was, again, y'all know, y'all know my education background. It's terrible, right? But I had this one teacher. We used to take the toss test. Who in here remembers the toss test? Yeah, that was a lot of fun, right? Hours and hours, and it was like three days long. Y'all remember the writing part where you had to like write a story? And you had to be graded. It was either a one, which was awful, a two, which was still awful, a three, which was pretty good, and then a four, which was excellent, right? Well, this one teacher comes up to me, and she tells me, she said, you're going to make a four on the writing test. She tells me this at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, I can't even spell writing test. Like, how in the world do you think I'm going to make a four on this? She worked with me constantly. I made a four on that dang test. It's the only thing I think I've ever, you know, made like a hundred on right? Because of that woman, she encouraged me. And to this day, even the times when I sit down with my lack of education and my lack of skills in that area, I remember that. And I remember I can work hard enough to make that great. I can do that. Sometimes you just got to push harder. Husbands and fathers... Appreciate the mother of your children, even if you're not married to her anymore. Reward her constantly. Think about her needs. Guys, this is important. If you are, if you've had a divorce, but that ex-wife of yours had children with you, you still better honor her like a mother, because that's what she is. And I need you to understand that a mother is an anointed position by God. Just like a husband and a father is an anointed position by God. We are to honor that. So men, husbands, ex-husbands, make sure you are always paying attention to their needs and how you can help them. Lastly, I know there are some of you that are watching... <laughs> that are about to be moms. I don't want you to let this sermon get you overwhelmed with all these characteristics and you feel like you have to do this. 
I don't want you to think that, man, I can't do that. Because here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. You can't, but I want you to go back to the title of it, Nick. The thing is, guys, it says the characteristics of a godly mother, not just the characteristics of a mother. To fit these characteristics, God's going to have to be with you. Mothers, make sure that God is the center of your life, the center of your children, and the center of your household. He'll make sure that you can capitalize on these characteristics. Grab a pen and paper. Get y'all to write this down. Go ahead, Nick. No one is poor who has a godly mother. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs>